0: to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, no time to waste. I'm going to get right to it here. First of all, regarding Donald Trump, I'm not worried at all. I think the entire thing is uh, completely under control. He's got the whole thing handled. Not worried about it. I'm certain it's being used to wake people up about a number of different things. It's not, uh, you know, I'm, It's not that I'm not spending a ton of time on it because I don't understand what's going on. I think it's quite the opposite. I think I understand what's going on, at least to the best of my ability, looking at it multidimensionally as best I can. And, again, I I do think it's being used to wake some people up, but it's also being used, again, as a trap, because most of these things are used as a trap to, again, just create this giant boomerang effect that's going to happen on down the line when these other politicians get rounded up. Of course, we can't trust the judiciary, and we can't necessarily trust law enforcement, but I think time will tell on some of that. I think there's enough good judges out there and enough good law enforcement out there that we just need a select few to do the right thing. And that's really about it. And maybe all they need is a green light go. Maybe all they need is an order that you have to do this based on your oath of office. And oh, by the way, if you don't, you're committing a crime. So either do what you're supposed to do or go to jail. It's quite possible that'll happen on down the line too. But uh yeah, I have faith in the right thing happening without a doubt because look how far we've fallen and look look what's happening. Everything's turning gay, isn't it? Everything's getting gayer by the second. So, with that, here's where I'd like to start. I've got a, a great deal of things to riff on here at the beginning. Uh unfortunately I've got a little more Nashville stuff to bring up because uh it just it continues believe it or not I wish it didn't but it does there's more revelations more things I've learned since. still didn't happen but some of the crisis actors are actually coming out of the woodwork Uh I want to talk about some of the things that I've done another email that I sent to our state representative who represents the the general area where I live again It's been over 24 to 48 hours. Haven't received an email back from them yet regarding 5G and the jabs. Uh, I've got some Simone Gold stuff to bring up, some education related things, and then a few jab related things, along with some WHO revelations, because I am convinced, as you've heard me bring up in past episodes, that the WHO and this world pandemic treaty thing, even out of the mouth of Tedros himself, he's openly said, that it's not that they are imposing things on other people it's that these private organizations within government or even selected government officials themselves if they just agree to it and agree to this so-called treaty then it's game over they're going to ramp up a number of other things i think in the future and i really do think that uh lockdowns are going to be something that they might even try one more time i can't believe that they would do it again given all the information that we all know now, but they may try. And uh, and it's worth reading about and diving into. And I've got a couple of documents here to read and a post from Dr. Mike Yeadon from his Telegram page about uh, what these revisions to this so-called treaty actually mean. And I'm going to get to all that a little bit later. And then I want to end on kind of a positive note with uh, a post from Katie Hopkins, which I thought was really good not everybody's brain dead. And again, Katie Hopkins gets some things wrong regarding politics and multidimensional things that are going on here, but she's on our side. And she's a Brit and uh a journalist and asks good questions and yeah, she's on our side, but she has a, a interesting little message for America, certainly Americans and uh to basically not hate all of the British because not all of the British are dead asleep as to what's going on. Okay. Nashville, goodness gracious. First of all, I'll start with this. And this was refreshing, and I'm I'm glad that this happened. Uh Greg Reese, who makes the Reese Report videos for InfoWars, they they made one about Nashville. And it was it wasn't just really specifically about Nashville. They were talking about a variety of different things. But it was fantastic because you know that these guys know. And by these guys I mean the people Behind Infowars and certainly Greg Reese, because again, why would Infowars play this particular video if they didn't really know, if Alex Jones didn't really know? So they, they know that Nashville didn't happen. I'm certain of it. And the Greg Reese video proves it. They showed, or actually, I should say they described in the Greg Reese video, which you can watch his videos on on Rumble, but they described how crisis actors are a real thing and that these fake events do exist and these fake shootings do exist and as they were showing some footage of the so-called tranny with their you know with their ARs uh stumbling through the hallways and whatever they showed the at the bottom of the screen the pictures of one of the dads from Sandy Hook who was of course laughing and smiling before he walked up to the microphones to collect himself to talk about his freshly dead child from that day again it, it couldn't get more obvious that uh that Sandy Hook didn't happen, and it can't get more obvious that this didn't happen and again thankfully that at least Greg Reese of all people knows that this didn't happen, so they're not necessarily going to come right out and say it, but they're going to allude to it in their own ways and you know I think that's still problematic for a variety of reasons but even after the so-called sandy hook trial with alex jones they still i mean he, he still has the stones to throw the dad's picture from sandy hook up on this video about nashville i thought it was great i was just laughing and i went oh okay they get it they know what's going on so that's good okay uh he, here's this and I, I don't think i spent any time on this certainly not at length let alone mentioned it but Back when the, the Nashville thing first broke and was going on, uh, within a day or so, there were some articles that were thrown my way from Jesse James regarding this uh, alleged scandal. Uh, actually, it wasn't. It was a real scandal that took place in that very school with the head pastor of the, of the, of the whole church, and uh, he apparently worked there. Th- this guy worked there from 2001 to 2012, and he was molesting children. So, interesting with all of the numerology and the 33s everywhere that you have sex abuse. I mean, that right there alone, too, should be a nice red flag for a lot of people. That if you've got the numerology and the Masonic aspect of everything and criminality and false flags and all of that, you're going to find some sex abuse in there somewhere. Just sprinkle a little sex abuse on top, just for flavor, and then before you know it, you'll start catching on to these particular patterns that this is the kind of thing that happens with regularity. So, yeah. Doesn't surprise me, but there was a big, really long story about all of that. It was on my Gab page. You can bounce over there and check it out from last week. Uh, Very interesting stuff, I thought. But, again, shouldn't necessarily surprise many of us anyway. I do want to play this now and this was uh this was jacked up this was a local news affiliate the day after the shooting or fake shooting i should say and you're going to hear one crisis actor that they interview from this local news affiliate and i let me see if i can get it here news 2 abc coverage you can count on they interview this guy and as you would expect, he he has sort of this Antifa, oh, I don't know, halo around him. It's just this aura of Antifa around him that reeks. And of course, he's lying. And you'll hear what he describes. And he'll describe, again, pulling over on the side of the road uh, in this highway and stopping traffic so that escaping students can run from the scene through the woods and are running across the street into the arms of a teacher who apparently is also leading children across the street as they're all running away from the scene. Now, before I play the video here, you've heard me go through the procedures time and time again for if this were real, which of course it was not. Nowhere, and I mean nowhere in any school shooting procedure or lockdown procedure are students running willy-nilly off campus, let alone being led by a school teacher across a four-lane highway. It's not happening. Two lanes in one direction, two lanes coming in the other with the occasional turn lane for a short distance of time, as the map clearly shows. That's not policy and procedure. That does not happen. And that's what is caught on video, allegedly, by this person or by other people. And again, they are students because a couple of these girls that are running across this screen are wearing skirts. They're wearing, like, plaid skirts. And so I thought to myself, is there a uniform? And then I looked back at some previous photographs of where they're all holding hands, basically like in a human chain, for at least a nice little photo op as it looks like they're walking toward the buses when I don't think they got on buses at all. And uh, yeah, and and they were wearing skirts. And it looked like some of the boys were kind of dressed a little more casually, but it looked like all of the girls were generally dressed exactly the same. At least they were all wearing the same kind of skirt. Point is, is that under no circumstance is a school teacher running from the campus outside of the building across a four-lane highway with children. This is another This is another avenue in the script that they had to get to try to prove to oncoming traffic, I should say, or any observer that this happened. Why would there be a school teacher running from the campus? Why would you have children who are dressed like they're attending school in the middle of a school day running across a highway, four lanes, with a couple of people occasionally stopping and getting other cars that are passing by randomly to stop. It's because it sinks it in, again, for the local resident or the casual observer to alert to them that something might really be going on that's serious. Again, it didn't happen. It's a nice script, and it's it's a nice little curveball that they threw in the script to try to seal it for some people, but it doesn't work what you can't see in this video which again it's on my gab page and, and you can check it out and i think i put it in a war video if i'm if i'm not mistaken but what you can see is that this guy's comments that you'll hear talking i'm cry- he says he says the dumbest the dumbest things you've ever heard he says i cried then i'm still crying and i'm i'm crying right now i mean he's the worst actor on the face of the planet but all of his comments that he's saying are are heavily edited, and you can see the screen breaks in in the video of of it being edited. so not to mention you'll hear what the uh, what the what the news anchor says at the end regarding this particular guy's comment. so with that said, this apparently was the day after this fake thing occurred, and uh, it's about two minutes and forty seconds long. Give this a listen in three, two, one
1: are many unsung heroes from yesterday's school shooting teachers who ushered kids to safety drivers who stopped traffic to assist mr stephanie langson spoke with one of those unsung heroes who encountered dozens of children fleeing from their school she jumped out almost immediately in front of me
2: it was a race to escape gunfire jason hoffman heard just moments before the encounter right
1: I think I heard at least maybe 10 to 15 shots.
2: Hoffman hunkered down seeking cover in his car as he tried to leave the area on Hillsborough Road before a woman who appeared to be a teacher jumped out of the wood line, waving him down with dozens of children.
1: But when I saw the kids coming out of the woods, it just really hit me. It just really hit me.
2: Without hesitation, Hoffman got out stopping traffic on the busy four-lane road.
1: As soon as I jumped out of the car and stuck my arms out, people to the left and and in front of me were jumping out. We just heard gunshots right before that as these kids are are coming out. I didn't know if people were going to shoot at us or at the kids. So uh, the other drivers just quickly helped usher them across the road.
2: While capturing these images of the children visibly shaken, running for their lives.
1: They were obviously distraught, they were upset,
2: they were crying. While witnessing the heroic efforts of who he believes is the teacher, running back and embracing one of the little girls in the middle of Hillsborough Road.
1: The teacher was a hero.
2: The image is difficult for Hoffman to look at now, that he knows what happened Monday morning inside Covenant School, especially as a father to a nine-year-old.
1: It's very emotional and... uh, I see children that are going to remember this day for the rest of their lives and they're going to be changed by this day forever. I've, I've cried today, I cried yesterday, I don't know how many times I've cried today, I'm crying right now. Um, it's going to be something I never forget and these parents I cannot even put myself in their shoes and even be able to get out of bed. You know, I I just don't understand.
2: Hoffman saying he feared sending his kid to school today and does every day, saying he hopes that this tragedy causes change across the country and that he would like to see increased security at schools and stricter gun laws.
0: I've touched on this before, but this is an avenue again that is very difficult for people to wrap their heads around. That the CIA and the FBI have individuals who work for them, not, you know, they're not on the payroll, so to speak. I mean, it's not going to say Mr. Hoffman, CIA agent. It might someplace, but the CIA and the FBI have people in all walks of life and in all professions, including inside that news outlet and that news station. There's no doubt about it. This is one of those things that exists in this country and it exists lots of places. But these people are coordinated and they work together. Nothing about what he said happened. Nothing. Again, they have footage of these kids, a couple of girls and a few boys running across the street. And then an adult female picks up one of the kids in her arms, turns around, and then continues to run in the same direction that everybody was running in. That's not policy and procedure for any kind of a lockdown situation. Where were those students? It's a direct contradiction of what the woman says on the security, on on the uh, badge cam footage from the police officer before the cop enters the building. All of the students are accounted for except for two, she says. If they're all accounted for, then why are they running across the street? Not to mention, I don't know if you've seen a map of the school, but it looks like it's on top of a hill, and there's nothing but trees that surround the entire place, and there's either one or two ways out, and the one and two ways out of the campus are driveways, big, long driveways, with this, again, giant driveway that encircles the entire, the entire building. This didn't happen. It didn't happen. I I don't know what else to say. I don't know where they had these students staged in order to run across the highway like that. It's preposterous. The whole thing is preposterous. There is this, though, and I want to touch on this just briefly before I riff on an even larger subject, which has to do with why this is all happening. Uh, you, you may have heard that in the Tennessee House of Representatives, certainly within the the building, the the Capitol building there, I guess, um, a bunch of Democrats who are elected officials were screaming and shouting with a bunch of citizens and whatever else. Apparently, three of them are going to be held accountable for throwing that whole fiasco together. And it says here from Tennessee Lookout that uh, House Republicans are moving to expel three Democrats over floor protests. It says the House floor session devolved into fracas uh, after move to expel Democrat reps Justin Jones of Nashville, Justin Pearson of Memphis, and Gloria Johnson of Knoxville. So again, these individuals, I think, were directly involved with uh, protesting and couple of people got arrested and whatever else. So now they're looking to throw these people out as they should, because they look like lunatics. Um, Not to mention they're, they're just nuts. I mean, let's throw them in jail like the J sixers allegedly, right? Either way, I want to riff on this, which I think is a, a a larger avenue that we have to explore. And I know that some of this has been brought up in the past, but I want this to sort of, wash over everybody regardless of age and whether you're a parent or not and whether you're a, a child adult or not the the constant locking down of of minors in in school buildings and the constant videos that we're seeing and the false flags and again w- whether they are real or not and i would say even worse than all of that the reaction and the political reaction the government reaction and the so-called solutions and proactive solutions to these problems this is all being done as it's been said numerous times to normalize this kind of behavior in the state of affairs let's think further down the line though beyond just the normalization of it because what does that mean if they're normalizing this kind of behavior for minors and children that's because they're grooming them to accept this kind of pattern of behavior and this kind of response when they become adults. So what do we know about MKUltra and the MKUltra program, which again was was a brainwashing program designed to program individuals to behave particular ways in particular situations when someone else was calling for that kind of behavior to take place. What we are actually watching with all of these moves, and government and these elected officials or selected officials are participants in this is we are watching an MK Ultra program come down on every person in American society. And when I say every person, I mean everybody. It's not just school aged children who happen to be in that specific environment where the false flag, fake or real shooting took place, regardless of the situation. It's not, just, it's not just the children, it's the school teachers, which means it's not just the school teachers there in that building, is it? It's school teachers in every state. It's school teachers in every district because they believe it happened. That's MKUltra brainwashing them into believing that something is real when it is not. And then, of course, eliciting a response, an emotional response, when they hear it, when they see it, even if they weren't really there. That's brainwashing to the, to the nth degree, but again, specifically, it is MKUltra. It is a mind-control program to elicit all of these responses from all of these people. And again, it's not just being done in the short term, for the short term. It's being done to normalize this kind of government response, and then ultimately, everyone is living in a lockdown scenario much like what we what experienced with the whole COVID lie and all of that. We actually saw citizens go nose to nose with one another over what was real and what was fake. The mask wearing, the shot taking, all of it. That was also an MKUltra program too. Because again, they were, and when I say they, I mean government and and the powers that be they were programming people to have an emotional response to something that was not real the these fake sh- school shootings are are no different they're they're no different they're exactly the same because if you're a school teacher for example again I'll make it local and then I'll bring it I'll bring it back out to a larger picture again but if you're a local school teacher imagine a local school teacher standing up in a faculty meeting In their school building, and somebody, usually the principal or some other nitwit at the front of the room who starts to talk about this, could even be a counselor. They they might even push this on, you know, on a specific counselor. And they might have them stand in front of the faculty and say, This happened, this was a tragedy. It's just horrific when things like this happen. They're happening more frequently and blah, blah, blah. It would take a knowledgeable employee and someone willing to just tell the truth, to stand up in that faculty meeting and say, this didn't happen. You're all being lied to, and I can prove it to you. Again, the blowback and and the conflict, the interpersonal and even public conflict that would exist between asleep faculty members and even individuals who would maybe be on the fence and then the very knowledgeable who would know that things like this don't exist and aren't real. That that kind of uh, workplace conflict and interpersonal conflict might even cost somebody their job. Do you see how deep the brainwashing then goes? To where a person tells the truth about something that didn't happen in the workplace that has direct implications for them, everyone around them, and the workplace, they're telling the truth, and they might lose their jobs. But we saw that already, didn't we? I mean, we've seen that over the last three years. That's already happened with things like the COVID lie and the mask wearing and the jab taking. You have a divide in society that is based upon those that are awake and those that are asleep and unfortunately, you have this huge swath of people that exists right in between that is made up of both both sides, and some of them are good and some of them are not, and some of them uh, some of them are well intended and some of them aren't, but they're not awake to the fact that things like this are manufactured. And again, those are well-intended people in that middle section, but also in that middle section are people who are well-intended, but tend to believe that all of these are real all of the time. And they don't ever want to think for a minute that that they don't, that they don't exist. That That's too big of a lie for them to handle. It's too big of a script for them to handle. This is why the Civil War is already taking place here and it's not going away anytime soon. You've heard me say it here. The truth and only the truth, the 100% unadulterated truth is the only thing that's going to save us. To where even the so-called awake and the great awakening patriots and all of these so-called people with all of their, their memes about Nashville and what a tragedy and look, they're still killing our kids, but you're not taking my guns all those people are still dead asleep. We have to reach those people also. Those people have to start to understand that even they are being manipulated. And if you're afraid to tell the truth about what's really going on, you're being manipulated. You're still the victim of these mind control programs. You're on a different stair on that staircase, but you're still on the staircase. That's still the problem. The larger implications for these kinds of lockdowns now and these kinds of behaviors again stretches right into adulthood, right into every workplace and work environment to the point where, and we saw it again in 2020, where people were actually locking themselves inside of their house based on something that is not real. Think of of the number of children that did that. Think of the number of children that were wearing masks inside of their houses because their parents believed that all of this was real. Again, the number of parents that had their children wearing masks when they would go to the grocery store or walk around town or do whatever they're doing, those parents are an abomination. They're an abomination. And they're brainwashed. And they're child abusers. Everybody's being abused in this entire thing. I fully get it. And that abuse flows downhill, right down into the laps of children who are unsuspecting and remarkably trusting. But this is the larger problem. It's to normalize lockdowns on a grander scale, nationwide, time and time again, to get people to the point where they're actually believing this kind of stuff happens with some sort of regularity. Never happened in the past, but it happened three years ago. Last month, three years ago, people went crazy for nothing. And now a lot of those crazy people who went crazy for nothing are dead because they're jabbed. And they're dying because they're jabbed. So the only good thing that's occurred during all of this is that these plans, these enemy plans were sped up and exposed to us so that we can see what's really going on, because it's going to happen again. It's a play in the enemy playbook. And as we've seen, they know that they can run these plays time and time again, and people will believe them, because people are still believing school shootings. They're still believing these manufactured false flag, oh look, we have the footage. I mean, all of that security footage, you don't have any footage. Of the so called shooter shooting anyone, do you? Weird. Why haven't we seen that then? Where's this so called footage of the headmaster of the school drop kicking and clotheslining the shooter as they jump from the top ropes of the turnbuckle and elbow drop the shooter only to lose their life because, well, they were unarmed. But they were a hero and a martyr because they were trying to save those kids? Where's that security footage? haven't seen it because it doesn't exist this is the this is the short and long term plan for all of this the short and long term plan is to normalize this kind of behavior but more importantly the reaction and the in the inner and interpersonal turmoil within the individual human mind and then the interpersonal interactions that we have with one another and again i've i've brought up numerous stories and you've heard numerous stories on this show of of those kinds of interpersonal communications between people the moment that you look at a multi-jabbed person and you tell them that the reason that they're sick is because they've injected themselves with a biological weapon and that the people who haven't taken it aren't sick they flip out they lose their minds those people can't be helped but that's exactly the kind of chaos that the puppet masters are interested in. And fortunately, a lot of us are learning, and that's a good thing. So, there are short and long-term implications of this, and I would encourage people to look up MKUltra, the history of MKUltra, because it was a operational, military-grade um, subsection of the CIA that was created to, again, Brainwash individuals through chemicals and visualization and certainly physical torture and combining all of those things together. Now, of course, what do we have? We have the tell a vision. Tell a vision. It's not a tell the truth machine, it's a tell a vision machine. Whose vision? What vision? The vision that they Want to show you. Same thing with the radio. It's the same thing. Frequencies. They use the phrase frequency to try to get everybody on the same frequency, on the same channel, on the same program. It's brainwashing. Always has been, always will be. If people turn it off, permanently, you can start to see the script and the entire scene for what it really is. But again, I'm bringing this up because this has not just short-term implications, it has long-term implications, as any brainwashing does. We've all been the victim of it to some extent. That's why they call it waking up and a waking up process. But this has long-term implications for children. All of the children who are, who are witnessing this and hearing about this, either in their public schools, which certainly they are, and they're the victims of it from a, uh, an institutional standpoint, I should say, because the schools will make the slight announcement about it, and just like that, the child will believe it. Why? Because an adult is telling them. But if an adult tells them an alternative view or the exact opposite, of what they're hearing within their school environments or from their parents, how willing is the child or a minor going to be to believe that person who simply says, this didn't happen. No one died in Nashville, the whole thing was fake. A child might ask questions. However, don't underestimate the power of MKUltra. A child might get very angry with a full-grown adult who's way older than they are and knows way more than they do, and they might just elicit an emotional response of anger. That's not true. That didn't happen. Remember that story of me driving down the road, and I stopped when I saw two kids pushing their bikes up a hill, one male, one female, and they were both wearing masks in 85-degree weather at the beginning of summer a couple years back? Remember that story? And I looked at him and I said, Take your masks off. There is no COVID. It doesn't exist. And the masks don't do anything. And the, it, was the, it was the female who started screaming at me. She looked like she was the domineering one of the two. She was bigger and whatever else, but she was the one who started screaming. The boy stood there quietly and listened to me, and his eyes were as big as saucers. And then when I drove away, and again, she started yelling, She's like, That's not true. That's no so true, and I was like, whatever. And then I drove away. And then the two of them started arguing with one another. That's exactly, that's exactly the end game. I mean, the end game is to kill us. <laughs> that's that's really the end game. But before that happens, they need the the inner turmoil and the interpersonal conflict. That's part of it. That's part of the that's part of the sixth sadistic game that they're playing. So I wanted to bring that up. That's, that, I'm, I'm going to stop it there because I have other things to get to, but that's it. It's MKUltra. These are all MKUltra organized programs that are being used to brainwash the masses, regardless of age, to then normalize it when they become adults. To the point, again, where they're sleeping, they're sleeping with a mask on their face, which we're already seeing that. They're wearing gloves all of the time. We're already seeing that. They won't get the mail out of the mailbox unless they're doing both of those things. Hell, they probably won't even get the mail out of the mailbox. They'll be so terrified to breathe the air. This is the power. This is the power of those programs. They are effective. They've worked on some of us for some time, but thank God they didn't work on all of us all of the time. So, there you have it. Okay. Here also, this is the next subject and it kind of peels right in. Uh slides right in almost without any bumps in the road. This right here is another problem which has to do with local politicians. Both local, state, federal, you name it. If those people are brainwashed, they're going to have a very difficult time hearing the truth. Aren't they? And they certainly are. So, a local politician who now works at the state level they were a local uh i forget their exact title but they were running for state senate or state house of representatives one of the two uh yeah i think it's house of representatives anyway their name is sarah cruthers and they were I, I don't i forget their exact title at the local level here but they were they were a politician at the local level here for quite some time an older an older female Republican, not that that means anything, because brainwashed is brainwashed anyway way you slice it, but SGT Report, which you've probably heard his program before or heard of it, he has an excellent video on 5G that he just released, and he was taking photographs just like I did not that long ago of a smaller 5G tower that went up around these businesses and uh, the gym where he apparently works out. And he walked up to it, and it had a, a label on, uh, that was stuck on the post of the 5G tower from AT&T, and I wanted to read what that label said on that 5G tower. Trust me, this gets into Sarah Crothers here in just a minute, because I emailed her this video, and I emailed her all the other links that I've emailed the county commissioner's office, which of course I haven't heard back from them at all uh nor am i because these people are brainwashed and this is the problem but let me read that particular label that was stuck onto that 5g tower which by the way the uh the video is in it's on Bitshoot, of course on sgt reports channel but it, the video itself is titled 5g death tower weapon system is here with no safety studies again this is this is a link that i have added to That particular email that I have sent again county officials and now a state representative who represents our local area, and I'm just adding to it. And again, as you've heard me say, I'll take that template and depending on who I'm sending it to, I'll I'll shorten it down or I'll I'll make it a little bit broader. But I'm always adding references to it, and this video is one of them. It's also on my gab uh, on my gab page too. You can check it out over there also. But the particular sticker that's on this post says at the top notice, and then it says AT and T operates antennas at this structure. It says above this point you are re-entering an area where radio frequency RF fields may exceed the FCC general population exposure limits. It says follow safety guidelines for working in an RF environment, and then it says keep one four away from the fronts of antennas, and the one and the four are almost like added stickers on top of the the notice sticker. So again, as he says in the video, keep one four away, 14 away, 14 what? And he says 14 centimeters, inches, feet, meters, yards, miles, what are we talking about here? And then it says, contact AT&T at 800-638-2822, operator 93, and follow their instructions prior to performing any maintenance or repairs above this point. This is AT&T site ISID, and then it has this giant number associated with it. Again, if they were healthy, why would they have to put that particular notice sticker on the post? My whole point's this. We have to email these people. As brainwashed as they are, and again, don't hold your breath when it comes to receiving an email back, but we have to try. We have to send this information to these people. And the reason that I like this video is because it's just at the beginning of the video. Where he talks about this one 5G tower that just went up where he lives. The rest of the video, which is again only about 25 minutes long, are politicians and researchers talking about the harms of 5G, including elected officials, which again, uh, including, I should say, one of the presidents from the FCC. So these politicians can't say that they don't know about this or that this is some kind of a theory. It's not a theory. This is a very real thing. And you have state politicians talking about this with regularity in front of House committee and Senate committee hearings at the state level describing the harms of this. So again, it's undeniable. This kind of stuff is undeniable. But these are the kinds of emails and the kinds of references that we have to send our local officials. Because ladies and gentlemen, these 5G towers are popping up like weeds. They're popping up like weeds and they're going to keep popping up. Now I've seen some videos again that describe that these 5G towers are not harmful. That some of them have been altered to where they're not harmful and certainly not as harmful as they could be. I'm sorry. I would I would prefer to sit on the, on the uh, other side of caution on this one and simply assume that they haven't been tampered with by white hats in order to be less harmful, let's just assume they're all harmful. Because we know that they are. The the proof is undeniable, and the evidence is undeniable. So, I just wanted to bring that up again. I have an example, again, of a template on my website under the government documents section, where you can uh, edit that particular template any way you see fit toss it into emails and just email bombard your your city councils and your county commissioners and even the local politicians that represent you at the state level. They have to learn about this. They think it's for faster internet. Has nothing to do with that. Never has. It's a total con job. Okay. There's that. Simone Gold. Ugh, oh, it's getting exhausting with Simone Gold, isn't it? She's the piñata that keeps on giving, though. Uh, I re- I, again, for updates on this more specifically, I recommend bouncing over to Renette Sunum's Foghorn foghornexpress.substack.com. And, uh, and and she had a conversation recently with Kevin Jenkins where she's describing how one of the board members, Sheriff Mack, took and just basically stole $250,000, give or take, out of this, uh, this shared bank account, apparently. And he's refusing to give it back. They also describe in their talk how Kevin Jenkins, again, in, in his oversight of the entire group, that there is $30 three zero million $3-0 $30 million that are, that is just gone from AFLDS. It's just disappeared, completely unaccounted for. And he's going, where's that $30 million? Where did it go? Again they openly lay it out these people are are participating in fraud Simone Gold is is misusing the trademark of AFLDS it's not hers she doesn't own it apparently she doesn't own it because again she's not sitting on the board she's not a member of the board but she's using the name to grift from people and she's claiming again that as you heard in that last audio that I played from a previous episode that she thinks that she can do a non-profit and a for-profit at the same time, and that when you donate to one or the other, you're donating to her, which she's even said on Kate Daly's show. So I wish that I wish that Kate Daly would wake up to Simone Gold and start to question what's going on, because again, she would do well to not have Simone Gold on her show anymore. Uh, Simone Gold's not one of the good people. She's she's raking in a lot of cash. And she's tricking and fooling a whole lot of people. So Renette Sunham did say she's gonna stay on it uh, right right down to the to the very bitter end, if it has to be that way, and keep people updated on it. So that's where I get my updates from. And uh yeah, just wanted to bring that to your attention. Okay. There's this from an education standpoint. Uh, let's see. This is from iHeartRadio. Again, I don't necessarily like their news outlet, but it's a very basic, harmless story for the most part. Harmless, of course, no pun intended. It's not harmless, but this is the Virginia teacher, again, who was shot by the six-year-old, and they have filed a $40 million lawsuit, which is fantastic. It says, Abby Zwerner, the Virginia teacher who was shot by a six-year-old student in January, told NBC News during an exclusive interview, that she's filed a $40 million lawsuit alleging the school administrators ignored multiple warnings from staff and students regarding the child prior to the incident. And seen. Ladies and gentlemen, th- that paragraph right there, okay, that sentence, it's just a sentence really, but that sentence right there encompasses the entire aspect of American K-12 education in a nutshell and the negligence that takes place with regularity. Because again, the excuse that the school will use is they will say, it wasn't our fault. We knew that he was a ill-behaved child, but it is a quote-unquote manifestation of his disability. That this kid's got paperwork, as far as the eye can see, regarding him being mentally handicapped or a behavior problem or whatever it may be he's clearly vaccinated so the you know from from birth so the kid's not well but uh given the fact of course that they're not going to prosecute the kid because he's six uh, you know th- th- this right here is the legal trouble that schools get themselves in with their own paperwork and their own decision making and their own negligence they seem to have no idea they seem to think that they are free from prosecution or free from lawsuit because they have a few pieces of paper that say, look, if a child misbehaves or is violent towards students and staff, then they still get to come here. Again, there was a day in American education when that wasn't the case. If you hit a school teacher or you got in a physical altercation with a student, you were expelled permanently. Permanently. That's not the case anymore, which begs the question, why? Why is that not the case anymore? It's not the case because they're trying to normalize this kind of behavior. It's not so much, although this is an aspect of it, but it's not the full picture, that they're trying to provide endless excuses to these students in order to maintain the money control that they have over them being enrolled in the building. That's not the sole avenue of of thought process on this. It has more to do with normalizing the behavior and driving out the most morally sound in order to keep the brainwashed working within these environments to actually believe that hitting somebody in one of these environments is normal. In fact, it's only the school environment where it's being normalized for the most part. Yes, it's being normalized in society, of course, with people not being arrested for very serious crimes. We know that, and that's equally as horrific, which should tell people what the long-term plans are for the enemies and the powers that be, to create lawlessness across the entire world as much as humanly possible, that a rape victim uh, won't won't have their rapist go to jail, or that somebody can get murdered and the murderer is out on bail in less than 24 hours, uh, or has no bail. It's all of these little inroads that they're making in order to normalize this kind of insanity. But quite literally, pun intended, the American K-12 school is the playground for this kind of wavelength of thought and this kind of action. But this Abby's Werner gal, um, again, Suing them for 40000000 million, she'll probably get a fraction of that, but she'll certainly get some. There's no doubt about it. If she has individuals testify on her behalf, if she has the paperwork and the uh, administrative and discipline paperwork on the student to prove it, then the school district's screwed. But they'll settle. There will be some kind of a settlement because this individual's not going to go back to s- teaching school. So she's gonna, you know, need medical bills, of course, that are probably stacking up from being shot in the gut, and then, uh, yeah, and she'll live on the rest for the rest of her life, but and be traumatized by the entire event. But see, that's the MK Ultra. We're back to that. That's the MK Ultra Avenue. Is that everybody in the in in the environment saw that, and everybody in the environment is too worried to tell the truth, or that a certain amount of people. Are too worried to tell the truth or stand up for this school teacher, one of their fellow co workers who was shot in the gut. Because, you know, they're all worried about a paycheck and their mortgage payment and they don't want to lose their job. If they all just stood up and did the right thing and ostracized every single person who participated in covering up the child's behavior and negative behavior, well, then you'd win. But they just keep playing the game because they're brainwashed. And that's that's part of it. I want to shift gears now to some jab related things. And I want to start with this. And I've I've got a great deal, but or at least I should say three major things here. And this this first one is big. This is from the Epic Times just from a couple of days ago. And this has to do with the case of Brooke Jackson who was a Pfizer whistleblower. And uh and uh, basically in summary a judge has thrown out her entire case i'm going to read through this very quickly but again it it shouldn't uh it shouldn't shock anybody that the entire judicial system in our country is corrupt and they aren't going to be the ones to fix it certainly not by and large and it's not just jab related things it's just about anything so it is titled pfizer covid-19 vaccine trial whistleblower case dismissed by judge It says, "Quote: The legal case brought by a whistleblower from Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine trial has been dismissed by a judge. Brooke Jackson, who worked for Pfizer's contractor, uh, let me see, Venetiva Research Group, didn't prove violations of the False Claims Act." U.S. District Judge Michael Trunkle ruled on March 31st. Jackson sued Ven. Ven that's how you pronounce it, Pfizer, and another organization involved in the vaccine trial in 2021, alleging that trial violations she uncovered meant that the government was defrauded when it paid for doses of Pfizer's vaccine. Internal records show that Ventavia officials acknowledged that patients were unblinded, adverse events weren't recorded, and vaccine doses were kept unlocked. In disorganized rooms. Under the False Claims Act, the government or a party suing on the government's behalf, Jackson in this case, can recover money for false claims made by parties to secure payment for the government. Parties are liable if they knowingly present a false claim for payment or intentionally use a false record or statement material to make a false claim. While Jackson presented evidence that violations occurred, the government's prototype agreement with Pfizer only conditioned payment on delivery of a vaccine that had been authorized or approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Trunkle ruled. See? <laughs> wow. You gotta hand it to them. You gotta hand it to the to the criminals. This is why they have the emergency use authorization in place. Because it hasn't been authorized by the FDA. Therefore. They can't be sued regarding these things. it's only emergency use authorization. there's only a voluntary participation mandate. Take this deadly poison if you want to. We're not forcing you, although we're coer- coercing you and, and doing a thousand other things to try to get you to take it because we want you dead but we're not we 're not forcing it on you. well, of course they did. They forced it on lots of people numerous ways, but that's the little That's always been the the legal benchmark, so to speak, had to do with the emergency use authorization. As long as they were operating on that, while keeping that from the public by and large, then they could almost do whatever they wanted without any repercussion. Perhaps so they think anyway. It says the payment section stated that, quote, the government will have no right to withhold payment in respect of any delivered doses. Unless the FDA has withdrawn approval or authorization of the vaccine, the FDA which Jackson alerted to the violations hasn't withdrawn approval or authorization it says quote "In sum, Miss Jackson has failed to plead that the government conditioned payment on defendants' certification of compliance with regulatory provisions or a clinical trial protocol Trunkle said in the new ruling. While Jackson argued that the false record portion of the False Claims Act, FCA, was violated because of the trial violations, the defendant said false records and statements alone didn't create liability without a false claim seeking payment from the government. Quote The upshot is that there is no liability under the FCA for making or using a false record or statement where the claimant is entitled to the payment. Trunkle said, quote, Pfizer was entitled to its claims for payment. Therefore, Miss Jackson has not stated a claim for false record liability. It says the judge quoted a different ruling, which found that the False Claims Act was enacted by Congress to, quote, vindicate fraud on the federal government not second-guess decisions made by those empowered through the democratic process to shape public policy, unquote. And then the ruling also read, quote, when the government as appropriate levels repeatedly concludes that it is not defrauded, it is not forgiving a found fraud. Rather, it is concluding that there was no fraud at all, unquote, the ruling states. And it goes on and on and on. It says again. So if the FDA gets it wrong, then they just get it wrong, and we have to live with it. Question mark. The judge. The judge said. And then Pfizer attorney said exactly. There was a retaliation claim apparently, uh, which was also thrown out. And the reaction. It says Pfizer Ventiava, Ventavia. Sorry. And the third defendant, Icon, I-C-O-N, didn't respond to requests for comment. Warner Mendenhall, a lawyer representing Jackson, said an appeal is forthcoming, quote, The dismissal of Pfizer's case is a despicable and heinous betrayal of justice, a slap in the face to vaccine injured and whistleblowers, a blatant example of corruption, incompetence, and cowardice, a declaration that the powerful are above the law, Jackson said in a statement, quote, I will never back down no matter what it costs. Good for her. Good for her. She's 100% right. She's on the right side of this, and this should show everybody how uh, how evil and corrupt things are. Because there were a lot of so-called high-profile lawyers, like the Tom Rentses of the world, who were hanging their hat on this case and saying well Brooke Jackson has a case this is the biggest case being brought against Pfizer and in the blink of an eye it gets tossed out by a judge it's a disturbing set of affairs when that's the case here's some more proof though that the jabs are wiping people out as if we needed more proof hot off the presses from the jama network.com and published within the jama N-E-T-W Open, which would be their online publication if I had to take a guess, from March 30th, it says the following, title, quote, Prevalence and Characteristics Associated with Post-COVID-19 Condition Among Non-Hospitalized Adolescents and Young Adults. Here we go. I'm going to read, uh, let me see here. I will read the findings and then the conclusion, because this has to do with long COVID, ladies and gentlemen. The lie that is long COVID. There's no such thing as long COVID. There's no such thing as COVID. There is just the jab injured and those who have been shed on, and that's it. So it says the following. Key points. Question. What are the prevalence and associated risk factors for post-COVID-19 condition, or PCC, in young people after mild acute infection? Findings The cohort study included 382 SARS-CoV-2 positive individuals and a control group of 85 SARS-CoV-2 negative individuals aged 12 to 25 years were assessed at the early convalescent stage and at six-month follow-up. When applying the World Health Organization case definition of PCC, which is, uh, again, positive COVID-19 condition, prevalence at six months was 49%, but was also comparably high, 47% in the control group. PCC was not associated with biological markers specific to viral infection, but with initial symptom severity and psychosocial factors. Point being, again, they're openly admitting that it's the poison, it's the shots and the shedding that are are causing the harm here and, and wiping out the immune system. And that's what quote unquote long COVID is. Long COVID is a made-up phrase that's being used to justify the presence of AIDS or VAIDS, if you want to call it that too. It's a completely compromised immune system. So here's what the conclusion reached. Again, the persistent symptoms and disability that characterize PCC are associated with factors other than SARS-CoV-2 infection including psychosocial factors. It says this finding raises questions about the utility of the WHO, World Health Organization, case definition and has implications for the planning of healthcare services as well as for further research on PCC. PCC, again, is now another created phrase that's being used to justify the presence of AIDS among those who took the jabs it's a wiped out immune system. There's no way around it. That's it. It's just a wiped out immune system. And it's sticking around is the point. Because again, when you wipe out an immune system and a person has AIDS, you don't jump from having AIDS to the other side of the fence and not having AIDS. Once you've crossed that line and jumped that fence into the AIDS realm, it's game over. You have a compromised immune system now. You're going to get ill more severely and more frequently than you ever have before. And that's the way that it works out. But there's no doubt again that while we've seen individuals get sick and die from the first shot and the second shot, there is no doubt that the booster is wiping people out. Which now brings me to this. And uh, I want to spend some time on this one. This is, again, directly from Dr. Mike Eden, the former vice president and chief medical research officer for Pfizer. I follow him on Telegram. He's got a lot of sound information, as you might expect. And uh, I want to read his summary of this two-page document, which again has to do with the impending revisions of the international health regulations, as the WHO calls them. So I want to read his summary first and then I'll dive into the two specific pages in just a minute. But his summary says this, quote, the two-page summary is about the WHO and the impending revisions of the International Health Regulations. If hi- I'm sorry, it highlights that Bill Gates and the WEF have all but controlling interest in WHO through funding provided by BMGF, the second largest donor, and GAVI, a Gates-funded vehicle, and CEPI, a WEF-funded vehicle, it says the proposed amendments to the IHR, International Health Regulation, effectively makes WHO a world dictator if it declares even a suspected public health emergency of international concern the provisions of the amended IHR grants the same WHO to order all sorts of things including the takeover of any or all countries imposing lockdowns and mass testing whatever they choose worst of all they have they have to They have the power, I think he meant to say, they have the power to require an international database of health certificates necessary for travel. I think we can all see that this constitutes a world passport, quote unquote, which sits above national passports. This whole thing is particularly malign uh, because almost nobody knows anything about it. If you're not down the rabbit hole, you'll never hear about it. We can be certain this is maligned for numerous reasons. Number one, pandemics of severe illnesses are immunologically impossible. If that wasn't true, humanity would have repeatedly been wiped out. So the entire claim that action above the level of nation is essential is just a lie, a pretext. Number two, even if there was a necessity for international cooperation, just do that. Nobody in their right mind would destroy democracy. In the pretend hood, it might save a few lives. Remember, wars costing millions of lives have repeatedly been fought in order to preserve autonomy. So their callous makes no sense. Well, that's the lie about war, but either way, And then, number three, centralizing power is guaranteed to produce inferior outcomes compared with the outcomes where each country runs its own health responses, maintaining good communication. This is because, by definition, when a fictitious new health threat appears, nobody knows the optimal response. Worse, we'd never learn the best response because we'd have a top down solution. Under no circumstances, is this other than malign? Please share this simple yet powerful note. Let it not be something most people learn about only after the WHO has declared a P-H-E-I-C. Best wishes, Mike. Unquote. Okay. You've heard me bring it up here before. You've even, again, heard it out of the mouth of Rose himself. He, he's, he's a criminal and he's a terrorist, and, and we know that. But He's openly stated that they can't make, quote unquote, governments or countries do whatever they want, so he says. So again, if you're to believe him, then that means, again, you believe him. Now, I don't believe him. We've been taught this already over the last three years. Look how many people followed orders without even thinking. Look how many people, they got killed. They tricked governments into killing their own citizens. And not even the governments. The governments went along with it. The governments were complicit in this murder. All the governments. They they tricked the individuals at the local level to coerce, bribe, punish, ostracize anybody that wouldn't go along with what they were going along with, not knowing that they themselves were being manipulated. So when it comes to the game of murder, ladies and gentlemen, I think it's only the unjabbed who really know what's going on from that standpoint. I mean, we aren't the ones, as the unjabbed and the purebloods, we aren't the ones who have gone along with this murder. We aren't the ones who participated in it. The people who walked away from their jobs in the medical profession because they didn't want to jab people, those people aren't the murderers. It's the people who stayed in the business and kept jabbing without even thinking. That's the problem. So here's the document. It says the following, and I also put this on my Gab page if you want to read it, uh, re- read it yourself. It says the following here, quote, the WHO is planning for world tyranny. It says right now preparations are being made to turn the World Health Organization into a key part of a global autocracy government, removing national sovereignty and replacing it with a totalitarian health state. This will come about by an extensive revision of the Constitution of the WHO, the International Health Regulations, IHR, which will be legally binding in 196 countries from May of 2024. Interesting year, isn't it? An election year. Uh, Here in the... United States anyway. The next paragraph says the image of the WHO conveyed to the public is certainly not one of a looming health tyranny. On it, on its heavenly blue homepage, we are met with pictures of dedicated humanitarian work around the globe to make the world safe and sound with priority given to the weak and vulnerable. It is a beautiful vision of a world free from disease and suffering. And that was what the WHO once stood for. It never stood for that, actually, but whatever. It says, but the vision has faded, to be replaced with a thin veil of credibility hiding an organization fueled by economic and political interests. The WHO was founded in the aftermath of the Second World War. Its constitution was written in New York in 1946 and entered into force two years later. With its main office in Geneva, initially the WHO was financed by its member states, but from 1974 onwards, new actors appeared as co-financiers in so-called public-private partnerships. The first to be a table, I'm sorry, the first to the table was the World Bank. Shocking. Supporting the expanded program on immunization. Shocking. Subsequently, these private contributors each with their own economic interests grew steadily in number as pharmaceutical industry became aware of the enormous profits that could be made from vaccines and global vaccination programs with the WHO as a partner. When President Ronald Reagan signed the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act in 1986, the pharmaceutical companies were indemnified from all claims against vaccine injury. This had the effect of uh i'm sorry of flinging the doors of opportunity wide open for the pharmaceutical industry things became so bad that in 2015 former director general of who margaret chan complained about the fact that 70% of her budget came with strings attached quote unquote during 2021 and 2022 the bill and melinda gates foundation was the second biggest contributor to the who's budget and gavi g a v i the vaccine alliance that Gates founded with partners, including the World Bank, was number five. Other important financiers are Welcome, with two L's, uh, Unitaid, if I'm saying that right, and CEPI, founded by the World Economic Forum in 2017, with the aim to, quote, accelerate the development of vaccines against emerging infectious diseases, unquote. One little one little thing to inject here, ladies and gentlemen, when you hear these words and you hear the way that they, that they phrase them, again, this is a history lesson clearly written by somebody else, but again, when they talk about emerging emerging infectious diseases, they're not really talking about infectious diseases. They're talking about us. We are the disease for them. That's the level of thinking that you have to reach. When they talk about diseases and they talk about eliminating carbon and all this other stuff, it's us that they're trying to get rid of. It continues here. It says the WHO's constitution, the IHR's, was revised in uh, 1969 and then again in 2003 in the aftermath of the H1N1 swine flu epidemic. Well, there was no epidemic, but whatever. It says, and now, yet another revision is underway. When you read some of the proposals, the level of global control the WHO seeks is staggering. And there are some bullet points here, and I'm going to get into it. So, here we go. It's approximately seven. The first one. The WHO proposes that the defining term, quote, with full respect for the dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms of persons, unquote, be deleted and replaced with the ambiguous term equity, coherence, inclusivity. The second bullet uh, bullet point says, recommendations, quote-unquote, will no longer be non-binding, which opens up for the possibility to label recommendations as binding. Exactly. Exactly. That word right there, I could spend a whole episode on the word recommendations and how often they use the phrase recommendations, just like they use the word mandate. All these recommendations were previously taken as orders that you had to follow them. Well, they recommend it so you know. Because they recommend it, you have to do it. I'm telling you, they're just going to find new words and the words are going to get harsher with time. The third bullet point says, the WHO wishes to strengthen the capacity to suppress what they consider to be disinformation and misinformation. We, of course, have seen the ramping up of those phrases over the last few years, have we not? And it's not going away. It's not going away. The fourth bullet point. The Director General will have sole authority to declare any event as a health emergency, quote-unquote, even if it is only suspected as such. In a declared emergency, the Director General will be allowed to share a member state's information, not only with other states, but also with private companies. Because that sounds fun. The next bullet point. It says, quote, after self-declaring an emergency, the Director General will have the power to instruct governments to provide the WHO, as well as other countries, with resources, funds, and commodities. You know what that means. It means they'll get whatever they ask for if they play ball. As long as you play ball, you'll get all that extra money we're promising you. You might even get a promotion. It's disgusting. The next bullet point, the WHO will be authorized to erect a global system of digital medical records, including test and vaccine certificates for travel and even general health declarations for travelers. People will go along with this, ladies and gentlemen, they will. Look how many people went along with the vaccine passport. That was just a test run. That was just for fun. Ugh, this is awful. The third one. The WHO will be authorized to mandate medical examinations, confirmations for vaccination status, and contact tracing. Again, look how many people went along with that too. The constant testing, the constant... The constant contact tracing, thinking that that mattered. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable, all of it was a lie, but they're still running under the premise that it's legit, which of course it is not. There's three paragraphs here remaining uh, here we go. It says the following quote: "The proposed changes to the IHRs will be presented at the World Health Assembly meeting a i'm sorry, an opulent annual event to be held this year between the twenty first and thirtieth of May." In the historic, I can't pronounce that, in Geneva, uh, the second largest United Nations center after the United Nations headquarters in New York. Palais des Nations? I don't know. The WHA is the decision making body of the WHO and is attended by delegations from all WHO member states, being amend- amendments of an existing treaty mechanism, the alterations to the IHRs only require approval of half the member states to come into force. If the revisions of the IHRs are accepted, the WHO's general director will have the powers of, the global dict- of a global dictator, it says, being able to wield unprecedented authoritarian rule on a global scale. Why is there complete silence about this in the mainstream media? Question mark. This is a question asked by Dr. David Bell, former medical officer and scientist at the WHO, now senior scholar at the Brownstone Institute. David Bell points out that the WHO is fairly transparent in its machinations. Machinations. However, I'm sorry, it says therefore it should be straightforward to determine Whether this is all misplaced hysteria or an attempt to implement an existential change in sovereign rights and international relations? Well, I think we've seen that it is. They they know what they're doing. This is not an accident. Tedros has said it himself. He's openly said it himself. Last paragraph here. It says, "Quote one of the few politicians who have raised their voice against this threat of global tyranny." Is the German EU parliamentarian Christine Anderson? You've heard her audio before and you've seen her on my war videos. Uh, in an interview with Vox Libertas, uh, she said, quote, if you give executive powers to a non-elected body, you no longer have a democracy, you no longer have accountability of elected officials. And who will who will the citizens hold accountable for taking away their rights? People need to understand that if this treaty goes through, you can bury democracy altogether. It is done with. The WHO has the right to call out a pandemic or even a suspicion of one, and once they do, they will seize executive powers of the member states, unquote. And that was written by a Margarita Scants, if I'm saying that right who calls herself a playwright and a journalist, and then there's four references below, which are all linkable. Again, that document that I just read is on my Gab page. If you're interested in printing it out, sharing it with people, moving it around, I highly recommend it. Mike Eden asked us to do it, which is why I'm doing it. And there you go. Again, you know, no offense here, but... The quote-unquote legal scholars, if they call themselves that, you know, the Chris Ann Halls of the world and anybody else who thinks that this is just nonsense, that there's no way that this can actually go through in the United States of America, I would simply say to them, you've been dead asleep at the wheel then for the last three plus years because you don't know what's going on. This has already been played out in the United States and across the world, and it worked. It even got people like Chris Ann Hall and other people to wear masks on planes, which they did. They complied. They went along with it. Anybody who wore a mask on a plane, you went along with what the WHO was telling you. Was it constitutional? No, but you did it anyway. See, therein lies the problem. This has already been played out. It, it was just played out in first and second gear. Now we're into third and fourth gear, and this is only a five-gear transmission. Once this kicks into fifth gear and it's pedal to the floor, it's game over here. So we're going to have to have more people standing up saying no, more people walking away from businesses, more people walking away from these medical practices. And this is going to continue here again. As you heard me say even in a, in a previous WHO document, their exact phrasing was, any time between now, and that was just a couple of months ago, but any time between now and May of 2024, which means they can speed this process up if they have to. They can enact whatever it is that they want to enact by falsifying the existence of some fake illness between now and then just to kick this entire plan into into you know into fifth gear if they want to again look at the number of people that complied look at the number of people that just went along with it to the point where you're being yelled at by a random stranger in a store <laughs> when that never would have been the case because you're not standing on the magical sticker on the floor and you're not standing the satanic six feet away from people and this that and the other you can't walk into the store if you're not wearing a mask i mean i'm telling you all it's going to take is a is an email all it'll take is a memo from management right down to the individual retail salesperson in a store and they'll go along with this not to mention, of course, the corporate ramifications, the workplace ramifications again, and so on and so forth. I wouldn't be surprised if in the future, when they try this, which again, anytime between now and next May of 2024, if they try to do away with the mandates, I'm sorry, not the mandates, the um, exemptions, there we go, if they try to do away with the exemptions, because the exemptions were the wrench in their, in their plan. And they know that now. So removing the exemptions and saying, look, we're not taking exemptions anymore. This is a serious problem. Everybody just needs to go along with it. You're going to have a decision to make. You're going to have a, one decision to make. Go along and die with it or back away from it and find another way and see this for what it really is. They're telling you their plan here. This is this is what this document does. Again, it's a warning document, but all their real paperwork exists on their own website. Anybody can bounce over there and, and, and certainly look it up. But Mike Eden's right, and, and so is the author of this two-page memo that the dead asleep and the people who haven't investigated this have no idea that this is directly attached to everything that's already gone on and what they have planned for the future. It's a big problem. So I want to end with this. I have a piece of audio here from Katie Hopkins, which I really enjoyed, and I just want to play it. Again, she's on our side. Uh, She's been on our side for quite some time, and uh, she's just here to remind people that not everybody who's British is dead asleep, and she describes that briefly. So Give this a listen, ladies and gentlemen, and I will catch you on Friday.
3: This is a special message from me, Casey Hopkins, to my Gab family out there, and in particular, my American family uh, from California all the way down to the tippy-toe of Florida. There's something really important that I wanted to share. Many of you may know that I spent my time, spent all of lockdown pretty much, on the road, In America, breaking in illegally in order to give people reason to gather and to remind you that you are the finest nation on the face of the planet because of your constitution, because you have freedom hardwired into your soul, and because of your Second Amendment, your way of defending that, protecting that freedom, which is yours, God given. And when we talk, um, when I'm on the road in America, I tell you. About British people that you can't hear or see, and you know that I speak for no one but myself, and you know that i um, i i there is only my voice that I bring, but I do recognize my voice in others as well, and you know that I'm a respectable foreigner because you've kicked our British asses out of your country twice before, but i Remind you, or I try to convey that decent people here in the UK, decent Brits, admittedly, we're about 80 million strong in this country and about 60 million are assholes. But 20 million decent Brits are right by your side. They are with you, <clears throat> excuse me, in this fight. They are supporting you. They are cheering you on, and you remain the light. Shining brightly on the hill. And all of that is always true. But remarkably, I've just been doing more of the on the road stuff here in the UK, where a vast network of speakeasies has built up. Because here, speech is much more restricted than even where it is for you. Here, facts are hate speech and therefore truth is an arrestable offence, as I know all too well, having been arrested, interviewed under caution for the crime of speaking facts. But I wanted you to know that in these speakeasies, 50 people, 100 people gathering above an underwear shop, underneath a bar, in a barn, on a farm, all the places that I also recognised from being on the road in California during lockdown, These people are gathering, and one of the things I'm saying much more of at the moment is talking about America, great Americans, particularly in places like California, which is as red as red can be once you get out of the sentence, about Rust Belt Americans, about decent Americans and their Second Amendment, about the fact that every time Biden says something stupid, great patriots go out and buy another weapon. I tell your stories to the quiet, Underground speakeasies here. And it's really the moment that moves the room. And what I've been noticing more and more is that just as Americans come up to me when I'm on the road in America and say, Oh, we didn't realize British people were with us, we didn't realize any of you liked us or knew about our struggle, that's happening here. Just at an event this week, people came up and went, I loved hearing about Americans. I loved hearing about the fact that they're armed and able to defend themselves and that they know that we're here. I love that. So I just wanted to take a moment to share that with you quietly here because it's really important for me to let you know, and it's emotional too, that British people are so with you, but more than that, they really want to hear about you just as you like to hear about them. Um, And any way you can help share this message, I would be incredibly grateful. Um, And it is only my word, but it's a word reported faithfully to you from being on the road here in the UK, turning up the quiet resistance that that builds here and that I want to help build and to try and throw that kind of magic spider's web out to you all so that wherever you are, Whenever you feel like it's just you, that you can feel somewhere the distant throb of 20 million or so decent British people who really are right there at your side.
0: Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.